The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So our theme this year for Lent is sacrifice, and I want to begin with a quote from my favorite book, For the Life of the World, by Alexander Schmemann. Sacrifice is the most natural act of man the very essence of his life. Man is a sacrificial being because he finds his life in love, and love is sacrificial. It puts the value, the very meaning of life, in the other, and in this giving, in this sacrifice, finds the meaning and the joy of life. Now, there's a lot to chew on there, but if this is true, then why do we so resist sacrifice? Well, because it hurts, right? It's painful. It's not easy. And we don't like discomfort. We don't like pain. We want to always avoid it. But also because we're not natural anymore. We we no longer live according to our created nature. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. And what is God like? It's the whole journey of Lent and our celebration of Holy Week that sort of puts the exclamation point on what God is like. Jesus would say, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice, that's what God is like. So as we spend this journey contemplating the sacrifice of Christ, it's going to call us to become once again who we really are to do what should actually be natural for us, to sacrifice, to love, to truly love. And each week, then, we're going to be looking at a different thing that we need to sacrifice. And if we take it up, we take up this call, then it's going to hurt. It, it will be painful. But it's not going to be a loss, it's actually going to be a gain for us. Because what we'll find is the very thing that we let go of will then be replaced with something far greater. So this week we want to sacrifice our comfort. Now when you think about it, almost everything around us, everything is built for our comfort, right? My wife in her car has butt warmers. I don't have butt warmers in my car. Am I a little jealous, a little jaded about this? We're in counseling for it. We're going to try and work through this, but (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But just again, think about all the things that you own or the things you want to own or the things that you do or the decisions that you make. It really usually revolves around, I want to make me comfortable. Why in the world would I sacrifice my comfort? I think most people look at Christianity or pretty much any religion, is like, that's the point, isn't it? That it should make me more comfortable. There's a prophet, Notre Dame, 
who years ago coined this term to describe the sort of religious attitudes of most Americans. He called it moral therapeutic deism. That's the religion of America. What does that mean? Well, deism means, well, they believe that God exists. Therapeutic, well, they believe he exists to do therapy on them, to make them feel better. And moral, well, we should probably be good people, right? We should be moral, which today has really kind of been stripped down to one little thing. You know what? Just don't be a jerk. That's it. That's what a moral life is. Well, actually, that's, that's pretty easy. That's pretty comfortable, isn't it? That's not the religion of the cross. Where the followers of this religion are called to follow the leader, to follow his sacrifice, to make sacrifices, to do things of self-discipline, things like fasting, giving up the things that we like, giving up what we have for the good of others or for a great cause, humbling ourselves and swallowing our pride and being willing to come to confession Why would I do any of that? Why would I give up my comfort? Why? Why? When Burger King sings to me constantly in their annoying commercials, BK, have it your way, you rule. Peter Kreeft, one of my favorite authors, says, here's why. You don't know what the song you sing as you go into hell is? It's the old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. How many of you have been to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky? It's connected with the Creation Museum. It's a pretty impressive thing. It's a pretty cool place to visit and to see, you know, especially as you are enjoying delicious snacks and beverages and you load up on souvenirs and t-shirts and all the cool stuff. It's a really awesome place to go. Really, you know, it's a cool place to learn what the Ark might have been like, except it's nothing like what the Ark must have been like. And just imagine eight people crammed into a boat, not soundproof, not well ventilated, with two of every kind of animal that were constantly reproducing. Just think, what would you even do with a you-know-what every day, like, to get rid of it? You know, like, ugh. And they were there for a year. This is no luxury cruise ship. On the other hand, it beats the alternative and be on the outside of the ark, right? In our second reading, Peter suggests to us that this is what our baptism means for us. It was like life on the ark. In fact, that's what life in the church is like. It's life in the ark. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not here for your comfort. There's a lot of smelly characters all around you. But it is this baptismal life that will save you. Several years ago, my son Matthew and I did a backpacking trip to North Manitoulin Island near uh, Traverse City. And we got off the boat, and the rangers met us there, and they said, look, you need to be aware there are several threats on this island. Number one, poison ivy is all over the place. The island is, is infested with ticks. Forty percent of them have Lyme disease. But here's what you got to really watch out for. Here's the real threat. It's the squirrels and the chipmunks. They will eat your food. Now, he says this to us as the boat is now pulling away from the island, and we are stuck. We're here. Matthew and I had planned on spending a couple nights on the island, and we woke up early the next morning and said, you know, if we hurry, we can go catch the boat and get out of here, and that is exactly what we did. (laughs) Jesus, let's put up the reading for today, 
thank you. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. 40 days without food. It's Mark who tells us among the wild beasts. I don't think that he means squirrels and chipmunks. Predatory, dangerous animals. All alone, there's no human companions up against the greatest force of evil, Satan himself. Why does the Spirit drive him out to this place? Why does Jesus, of his own free will, leave his comfort zone? According to the source of all truth, Wikipedia, a comfort zone is a familiar psychological state where people are at ease and perceive they are in control of their environment, experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress. I love that even Wikipedia puts in parentheses, perceive that they are. I like to think that I am in control of my environment. I like to think that I am in control of my happiness and my comfort. Jesus who is the all-powerful and almighty Son of God, knows that he is not in control. His Father is in control. And he trusts him, even though he's now in this discomfort zone. But can you really, does it really comfort you to try to be in control? Think about that. Does it really comfort you to try to be in control? Or does it actually cause more anxiety and more unease and more fear? Because if you're trying to constantly be in control, you've always got to keep up on that, and of course you always feel like you're losing control. We, when it comes to our comforts, do we, do we really control our comforts? Are we really in control of our comforts? Or do our comforts start to control us? Because the more you want to be comfortable, then the more you got to have. Comforts don't last. You got to have another one and another one and another one to stay happy, to stay in your comfort zone. Lorenzo Albacetti writes this There is only one temptation. All particular temptations are expression of this one original or primordial temptation. It is the temptation to believe that the fulfillment of the desires of the human heart depends entirely on us. Take control of your comfort and your happiness. This is precisely what Adam and Eve tried to do. This is precisely what we tried to do, and that is the lie. It depends completely on your Father. And when you get to the point in your life where you can finally say, you know what, my Father in heaven, He loves me. He loves me, and I trust Him. Oh, it might not look at the moment like he loves me with what's going on in my life, but no, 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 he loves me because I know what true love is. True love sacrifices. And greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. When you can get to that point and say, you know what, it's all good. My father has got this. There's no worries I don't need to be anxious about anything. It doesn't mean things feel great, 
There might be a lot of stress, a lot of discomfort. There might be a lot of trials and temptations to fight. But you know what? I trust that my Father is even using those moments and those situations. He's going to use it for my good. I trust this. I trust that He loves me. When you can get to that point, and here's the thing, we are always journeying to that point. But the closer and closer we get, it is liberating. Because that's your real comfort zone. That he is in control and he loves you. But that then means all the other things that we think are going to make us comfortable. All the false comforts, the false gods. They have to be sacrificed. They got to be killed. If you want to arrive at the shore, you got to get on the boat. If you want to live in paradise, you got to go through the desert. If you want to rise from the dead, you got to get on the cross. Because it's in those places we learn to really trust Him. When you're floating in the middle of the ocean, when you're starving in the middle of the desert, when you're dying on the tree, there is only one thing. It's just you and your Father. But He is in control. And that's why Jesus, as He finishes His time on the cross, He prays this prayer, and He gives this prayer to you and to me. Father, I put my life into Your hands. I give You the control. I want to give you a moment now to spend in prayer. And I'm going to ask you to dig deep and to be honest. What is the thing that you are hanging on to as your comfort? Like this, I got to have this, or I got to have more of this, and that's going to make me, that's what's going to make me happy. Sacrifice it. Let him give you something better. Sacrifice it.